On this episode, I have a real and raw conversation with Samantha Mendonca, sex educator, fat activist, space holder, and movement instructor. She shares her healing journey and how she came back to herself after years of sacrificing her own mental health. Her beautiful transformation is an amazing warrior story, and I'm so honored that she shared it with us. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful if you'd go over to the podcast description and subscribe, leave a review, and share with someone who might also enjoy it. Let's dive in. Hi, my name is Kristen Michalizzi. I'm a mindset and empowerment coach, a mother of four, a proud wife, a sister, a friend, and a lover of life. Each week, I want to bring you conversations that will touch your heart, make you laugh, inspire you, teach you, and help you grow into the fullest, realest version of yourself. I believe when we dare to be vulnerable and share our stories, we see the humanness of one another and often recognize the bravery inside of ourselves. Whether it's extraordinary or seemingly ordinary, everybody has a warrior story. Welcome to The Warrior Within Us. So today on the podcast, we have Samantha, and I came across Samantha's um, Instagram just from opening myself up to different communities. And um, she happens to be connected to a bunch of people that I love. And so I was like, I need to talk to this chick and I need her on the podcast. So I actually have not spoken to you um, before today. And I don't know a lot about your story. So I'm just as excited as I'm sure my listeners are to get to know you a little bit better. And um, I would love it if you could introduce yourself and um, we'll go from there. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you and so grateful that you asked me to be on the podcast. Um, so hi, hi. I'm Samantha, Samantha Mendonca, and I am, I'm currently in the phase of my business where I'm trying to figure out what my labels are because I don't really know, um, but a few of them are yoga teacher, sex educator, fat activist, um, witch, <laughs> all the things, tarot reader. Um, yeah, so I do, I do a lot. I'm a former teacher, former high school teacher. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm working with a business coach right now, um, which is exciting to figure out, you know, what the next phase of what I do looks like. So I'm sort of in this um, weird gray area right now, but yeah. that is where I like to live. Awesome. In the gray, both and it's so interesting because so many people that I talk to that are sort of doing this entrepreneur thing, which I am also doing, um, we're former educators. So I don't know, I, I guess it kind of lends itself, like what we're doing kind of lends itself to like our background, but I was an elementary school teacher for like short little stints right when I was having babies and then I took a bunch of time off and then I did it again a couple years ago and it was like I guess the things that we're also doing outside of that type of education is still educating so maybe that's what it boils down to but um that's awesome so what I like people to come on and share is and what I kind of have been talking about is that everybody has like what I consider a warrior story so um that's why the podcast is titled the warrior within us. And I, I, my daughter's always like, it should just be the warrior within, but the us kind of is significant in that. I feel like us, all of us, the collective, everybody has a warrior story and likely more than one. And a lot of times, especially in the work that I do and that I assume probably, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but like the work that you've been drawn to and the work that a lot of the people that I'm surrounding myself right now have been drawn to, their warrior story is such a big part of their why and what has led them to sort of their their life's purpose. So um, the only thing I really prepared you for was that you'd be, you know, helping to tell your warrior story or coming to tell your warrior story. So um, if if you could just start with what sort of that word means to you personally, and maybe how it connects to 
your life and maybe even the work that you're doing, um, I think that would be a great place to start. Yeah, I love this so much. Um, because yeah, uh, I do have many warrior stories and probably many different paths that we could walk down in this conversation. But, um, you know, when, when we say warrior story, for me, I'm really brought to the fact that I'm here today. And so I just want to say before I even do share my story is that, you know, there are parts of my story where um, I just feel like I need to give like a little bit of like a content warning because I, my story does involve, you know, um, mental health stuff, um, suicidal ideations some eating disorder stuff. And I'd like to be able to just, you know, share openly. So for anyone listening, if you're not in the place to be listening to that type of story today, maybe come back when you're ready. But awesome. my story, I think really does start with, you know, a young girl who wanted to be a teacher and who, you know, I knew from when I, I think middle school is when I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And basically my whole life, middle school, high school, college, everything that I did, every choice that I made was like getting me to this career. And, mm -hmm. and um, that was sort of uh, how I found my identity. And, um, you know, at the same time, being diagnosed at a very young age with anxiety and depression and, um, you know, having a lot of personal stuff going on um, and just trying to stay on this path of life um, that I, from a very young age, had decided was for me, Get it, being a teacher, getting married, having a family, um, you know, the very sort of normal, not normal, that is not a word I want to use right now, <laughs> but um, the stereotypical sort of like how we're taught we should live our lives, all the while dealing with a lot of inner turmoil, a lot of deep, dark stuff. Um, and so then, you know, my dreams came true. I became a teacher. And from day one, I was miserable, mm. <laughs> miserable. And, you know, they give you this graphic, your first year of teaching. I was handed a graphic that is like, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's like, this is what the trajectory of like being a teacher feels like. And it's like, oh, really excited, really excited, like on the ups, you know, like first day of school. And then like first year of teaching, you're going to like plummet. Mm. Uh, and then like maybe within the first five years, it'll still feel pretty terrible. But if you hold on, if you just hold on at some point, it will start to feel better. And I remember just being like, okay, so this is normal you know, uh, feeling like this is normal. It's just part of the job. Mm -hmm. And this is what I owe, you know, myself and my students and my family and everyone who's like helped me get to this place. I've worked so hard to get here. I'm going to stifle that voice that's telling me it's I'm miserable and I hate it and I'm unhappy. Mm. Um, and so I did that for seven years. Wow. <laughs> Um, you made it through the five years that they told you it was going to be miserable and, I, and another I, two just yeah, for good measure so yeah I made it past that point that they told me I could start to feel okay and actually I'm I'm feeling a whole lot worse yeah. yeah I'm feeling a whole lot worse I'm feeling like I don't recognize myself anymore because I've wrapped myself up in this identity of teacher I give all of myself to my students and my coworkers and my bosses. And, you know, I was the, I was the teacher where the feedback that I would get is like, we love that you can handle anything and everything we throw at you. Mm. We love that you like, like, I remember I had a boss once who said to me, you know, what you've done is great is you've taught us that you can, you know, really take on a lot. So 
we're going to give that to you because you've proven that you can do that. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on. (laughs) So what you're telling me is that because I'm good at my job, I am going to be forced to take on more than what one person should be doing. Uh, And, and, you know, I was coming home at night after school I was just disassociating from my body mm-hmm. until the next school day. Literally just disassociating from my body. I was getting drunk. <laughs> I was, you know, doing whatever it is I had to do in order to just like try to survive. Mm-hmm. And and you know, then waking up the next day and being a kick-ass teacher because that's what I had to do. Uh until I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> because I think we all have our breaking point, um, you know, especially when we've been running on empty for so long, you can only run on empty for so long. Uh, and it was manifesting in some really harmful ways. You know, um, I started to just like, I fully developed an eating disorder, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I had been dealing with food issues sort of like my whole life being, you know, a child put on a diet at 11. Um, And, but what happened in my teaching career is I just didn't, I just stopped eating because, you know, you're too busy. There's too much going on. I don't have time to eat. Uh, And then, so I was binging at night to comfort myself. Um, And, you know, having, other problems because like I wasn't going to the bathroom Mm. uh you know until late at night (laughs) just fully like not in control of my body I was you know fighting with my husband every day because when you're miserable and have nothing to give um and there's a partner that's like wanting a relationship in front of you that's stressful Mm. there's Um, nothing left right there's just nothing there's nothing to give and I you know, was just, yeah, just deep in some really bad behaviors and just lost myself, fully lost myself. Um, Until one day I was sitting by myself in my house. I was disassociating from my body. And what that looked like for me at the time was I would literally come home from work and I would just sit on the couch and I would like come to like four hours later, just sitting in the dark with like, like not realizing that I had just been like sitting there for four hours. Yeah. Um, My husband came home one day and just like found me sitting in the dark and was just like, what are we going to, what are we going to do about this? Like this is, this is not okay. Um, And I just remember being like, what are, what are we going to do about this? Like, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know what we're going to do about this. The next day, uh, I was by myself at home and I remember thinking like, well, you know, there's one thing I could do about this. I could end it, you know, like it could, this, I could just, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then this would be over. And I caught myself in that and I was just like, holy shit, (laughs) I can't believe I just thought, I can't believe I just thought that. Yeah. And you know, I, dealing with depression and anxiety my whole life, I had been a curious kid and I remember being sent to therapy at 13 because on the doctor's sheet, it says like, on the intake like have you ever thought about hurting yourself have you ever thought about killing yourself and i remember checking yes to all of it because i was a kid and i was like of course i've thought about that right right (laughs) i mean just like (laughs) knowing about it right is like thinking about it and i think we all kind of put ourselves into scenarios yeah into a kid like thinking about it like doesn't mean planning it or like you know, and, and, and it's so interesting that we're having this part of the conversation right now, because I don't know if you follow the holistic um, psychologist, but she put up a bunch of stuff yesterday about Britney Spears and what she's going through and how like trauma is dealt with in our, 
medical community and I didn't dissect what she posted, but I, I read some um, feedback she had received and just people DMing her being like, I was put on this medication because I said I was struggling here. And um, it, it was so interesting even to think about my own experiences and to think that like, there are certain things we can't even say without like serious repercussions for our life. Like that, you know, we can't even say um, to a doctor that we've had this experience or that experience without the risk that we could be hospitalized, we could be put on a medication we don't want to take. Or, you know, I even had an experience where when I was a totally stressed out mom and, you know, I had a toddler and a baby and a child with significant special needs. And then probably like, I don't know, my daughter was like six or seven years old where I was totally spent and tapped. And I said to my doctor, like, I need something for these like stressful moments because I didn't feel like I had overall like generalized depression, but I felt like I was coming into these like scenarios where I felt out of control and I remember her saying to me, well, we'll put you on this because if we put you on this other thing, you could drop the medication and one of your kids could take it. And that would be really dangerous. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, first of all, like, why isn't it that this mom's going to lose her shit? And that is what's dangerous. And like, maybe not think that like, I would somehow be irresponsible enough to drop a medication that my child would then take. So like, I don't know. I just think the implications in society right now, especially of just even speaking up, like everyone talks about like, let's talk about this stuff. But like, the next part of the conversation is what is the implication of that? And if you do speak up, like, how do you know that the person you're going to speak up to is resourced enough to like handle it appropriately and not just like, throw some drugs at the situation? Literally. So sorry. I'm on my husband's computer and he has all these pop-ups happening. That's totally fine. That's life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's very real. I definitely, um, for a lot of my life, didn't talk about what I was experiencing because I was afraid of the implications and I was afraid of, you know, what would happen. Mm. Uh, And yeah, so, but that was the day where I was like, oh no, this is real. Mm. And all of the help I should have gotten all of these years, like that I didn't get. Caught up to you. Caught up to me. Because for me, I do, but I do think that there's the time and a place for medication, and but there's also a time and a place for like, hearing your story, like, I wish that doctors would start with like, here's these coping strategies. Mm, yep. <laughs> um, about that. Right? Like, how about we talk about what we could do in that situation when you're feeling this way? Right. Right. And so that's sort of, um, I wish I had that at mm. the time. And that's been so much of my journey since then. But um, back to that night, so that specific night, I remember just fully being in a place of like, oh no, this isn't me just like thinking about it. Like this is the moment where I am suicidal, Mm -hmm. right? And I started to like think of a plan. And so, okay, thankfully, I think I am just self-reflective enough to have been able to like witness that within myself, um, which I am really grateful for because the second that I witnessed it was happening, I also was like, okay, what's the solution here? Because Mm -hmm. that, I know that that's real and it feels very real to me and, um, So like, how am I going to respond to that? Mm. And in the moment it was like, you know, I'm either walking my, I live down the street from the hospital. So I'm either walking myself to the hospital right now, potentially, and just Mm. saying like, take me in, um, which is also horrifying. And, you know, my husband shares his mental health story and he has had a few stints um, 
you know, in the psych hospital. And uh, that is not an experience that I wish on mm. anyone. Mm. Um, so that's where I was though, where I was like, no, but that's what I need because I'm drowning and I have, I don't feel like I have anywhere to turn. Um, but then I actually like had a second thought where I, cause I was like, no, that's terrifying. Like I can't really see myself doing that, but I know I need to do something. And so I actually ended up just like Googling like suicide hotline. Um, but there was like a text service mm. where you could, instead of talking to someone on the phone, you could text with someone. And there's this whole intake, you know, where they make sure that this is the right service for you and that this is what you need. And then they matched me with someone and I had like an hour and a half long text conversation with this lovely human who I will never meet. Mm. Um, that changed the trajectory of my life you know um this human just sat there and listened to me mm. for an hour and a half through text <laughs> you know <laughs> not easy um and helped me come up with a plan of what my next move was and it's wild uh and you know i wouldn't suggest this as like everyone's next plan like for some people your answer should be go to the hospital for some mm. people your answer should be you know do this or do that or you know call your therapist for me uh i don't know where it came from it was truly divine intervention it was like i'm gonna start yoga mm. <laughs> uh I had never done yoga before. I didn't really know anything about it. And um, this is sort of where like my spiritual story starts too. It was sort of this, um, my husband had a friend who is now my best friend, Emily Chandra, um, who was teaching yoga at the time. And I remember like the plan I came up with, with this person on the phone was that I was going to A, like reach out to all the appropriate people and, and get support um, and to stay safe. Sure. In the moment. Um, but B to call Emily and set up a private yoga session and start healing. Yeah. And so I did that. Uh, and we did a private session and I cried for an hour and a half in child's pose. And she held that mm -hmm. space for me. Uh, and my whole life changed in that moment, my whole life changed and, um, long story short, I'm no longer a teacher, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the, the coping skills and the coping strategies then became my journey. Mm. My life then became my journey. My story then became oh, I'm here not to take care of everyone else. Mm. I'm here to experience the fullness of life for me. And when, when I can come to life from that place, then I can do all the things that, you know, I thought teaching was going to bring me, right? Because mm. what do I really care about? Do I really care about the teaching career? Like, no, what are the things that I want to do? I want to support people. I want to be in community. I want to, you know, all of these things that I care about. And then once I started to do my own healing and, you know, pay attention to my own mental health, once I, you know, started therapy and, and yoga and, and a number of other practices and started to actually crawl my way back to myself, so much was revealed to me, right? Like, I'm not here on this earth to be a servant to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not here on this earth to literally kill myself because that's easier than standing up for what I want and need. Mm. I'm not here on this earth to just do a job because that's what I went to school for. And it's embarrassing to quit it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, what 
the fuck? Yeah, totally. It's you know? so interesting because recently I heard um, on a podcast somebody say like how ludicrous it is that we ask kids what they want to be when they grow up. And normally kids say like, like my kids would say, and my son would say, I want to be in the NFL. My other son would say he wants to be in the military. And it's like asking you, like, what are you going to eat at a restaurant you've never been to before? You've never seen the menu and you don't even know what type of food they serve. Like, mm-hmm. how the hell would a kid really know what they want to be when they grow up? And then what ends up happening is so often we hold on to this idea that we've been spoon fed, right? Like, this is what this career will be like for you or this you know, um, my friend likes to say like title role responsibility or something like that we identify people as when, um, you know, then we get trapped in these sort of things that we didn't even really know about before. And it's like the back to the restaurant analogy, then you get this meal and what if you hate it? Do you fucking have to swallow it? Because that's what you ordered and you better just enjoy it. And then you better pay for it at the end because food costs money. Like it's crazy. So much money money that I'm still paying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. Uh, My identity had been rolled up in this pretty package of teacher and wife and what I thought was going to be mother Mm. and um, you know, I'm in this place in my life right now where like, I actively do not fit in most boxes anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because it literally was killing me. Yeah. It literally was killing me. And so, um, I, you know, got certified to teach yoga and that training was also life changing for me. Um, and I've been on quite a journey since then. And it's funny because, uh, where I'm at right now, like the practice of yoga has certainly saved my life in many ways. And also as I continue to evolve and as I continue to grow so much of my practice is also in like naming the harms of like what that means for most people and and what the yoga community is how the yoga community is causing harm and and also um yeah i've i've been on like many journeys with where life is taking me now and like i said at the beginning like i'm still not landing anywhere specific quite yet and i think that's very intentional right Mm -hmm. because so much of my story has been wrapped up in a certain identity so where I'm at right now in my healing is like the second that I feel like I'm being put into another box. It's just like, nope. Like whatever you expect that role to be for me, I'm not going to let it be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shake it up. I'm going to disrupt it because I'm not meant to be put in a box. None of us are. None of us are. And, um, but I still find myself doing it to myself all of the time oh, a yoga teacher wouldn't say this or do this. Mm. Really? Why not? You're a yoga teacher and you're saying it and you're doing it. Right, right. So like they do, you know. Um, And, you know, then all the work that I'm doing as a sex educator, which is a new, which is a new sort of um, journey for me. And what brought me there was once I started to heal, I found so much healing in um, healing my relationship with my body as well. And what comes along with that is, you know, discovering pleasure and discovering joy. Mm. There's this whole other part of my story that we could go down another day of like my journey with my body. Mm. Um, But that's been so integrally wrapped up in, in this journey that we're talking about today, right? Because I wasn't eating, I wasn't going to the bathroom, I wasn't taking care of myself. And so what my journey looks like now is just completely taking up space in like owning my body and inviting joy and pleasure into my body and into my daily life because I spent 30 years without it. Yeah. And so who the fuck are you to try to tell me that I cannot have that? Right. 
Right. I don't care if my body doesn't look the way society wants it to or expects it to in order for me to take up that kind of space. I have spent enough time closing myself out to it. I am not going to allow anyone to take it away from me. I could not love that more. I could not love that more. And I think that's sort of like the question or the thing I want to talk about like in life in general right now and that's like putting off joy and pleasure and like why is that a thing (laughs) and I feel like it's like so reminiscent in so many stories that I hear or so many people that I work with that really are choosing that last when I feel like life is meant at least to me and what I'm learning is that that should actually be at the top of the list and so many people are putting it down at the bottom whether they're putting other people first or they're putting um, responsibilities first or putting roles first or putting um, even you know this idea that you have to work for pleasure and joy or you have to earn it or like you know I have a friend who's a teacher who said um, the other day on on Facebook that she forgets or she feels so guilty to rest because she feels like that's lazy. And, um, you know, I was just like, no, more rest. And like, you don't have to like earn it. It's just your like birthright to like rest and have joy. And other um, women that I've talked to who don't even know what they enjoy or what brings them pleasure. And that question stops them in their tracks to say, if you had a day or a chunk of time where you could do anything to bring yourself joy and pleasure, what would you do? And that question stumps them. And I feel like this is the conversation we have to be having is like, why are we not prioritizing our own joy and pleasure? And when did it become like a bad word and when and who made it a bad word and why you know like who was that going to serve that we could all be these just like workhorse like creatures of servitude that don't enjoy life because you know on the other end of things everybody is always saying like YOLO and like you know like this life is meant to be enjoyed and I don't know. I just feel like there's such a disconnect between that concept and what is actually happening in reality. I could get on my soapbox about this for a hot minute. (laughs) (laughs) I have many theories about this Um, and they're all rooted in systems of oppression, like capitalism and the patriarchy. And um, also in like a lot of, um, not against anyone who's religious i am very spiritual um but right like in puritanism where like um right like pleasure is basically a sin Mm. right and so um we were very much we've been indoctrinated Mm -hmm. to believe that um we are meant to just like you said be these like workhorses for capitalism um and also the part where you said like but everyone is also like yolo right like that's also just like <laughs> a marketing scheme to get people to spend more money on yes. products yeah <laughs> because like yolo is like going on a fancy vacation or or getting a massage or like it's not like real actual like rest right um, and, and it's like, yeah, you hear all of the, like, what you were sort of describing, but again, it's just like a part of the cycle of just like, I'm going to work my butt off. Right. And then I'm going to party even harder because we live for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and all that, like, it's a whole, th- it's all very intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's that like it's very intentional because when we are um working towards this goal of hustle and getting more and being better and climbing the ladder Mm -hmm. right um that's exactly where they want us to be Mm -hmm. because the second that we take a second to stop 
breathe, to come back into our bodies, to listen to what it's saying. None of that matters. Mm. And then it all collapses. Mm-hmm. Right? And so in order to keep us going and um, living the way that the powers that be want us to live, we got to get on that hustle and then we got to party even harder and then we got to do it again. Right. And that connects back to my story of like, I would disassociate at night, but then the next morning I'd wake up with a bright, shiny smile on my face, ready to take on the day. Mm. My students would have had no idea no idea that I was feeling the way that I was feeling because I was existing for them. Just like many people are existing for this hustle, Mm. this fake hustle, Mm -hmm. right? Because everything that everyone is working towards, right? Like what is actually at the root of that? Like, what do we all really actually want? Mm -hmm. We want to feel loved. We want to feel safe, right? We want to feel good. Mm -hmm. I can do all of that literally right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. I have access to all of that. And screw anyone who tries to tell me that I do not. Mm -hmm. There also comes a lot of privilege in being able to say that. Yeah. Because not everyone has access to it, right? I have the coping skills. I have um, just a lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of privilege as a white Mm. person, um, a lot of privilege just in so many ways, right? right? And so me saying I do have access to that, I I think part of my journey is also recognizing that privilege. And that is why I do the work that I do because I want to be someone who is supporting all people and being able to access that in whatever way they have an access point to it. Sure. And kind of probably for me, what, what, what I'm feeling when you say that is like being, trying to be a, in, in whatever capacity or in whatever way we can trying to help shift things so that more people have access to that, you know? So like, what can we do as individuals to that's within our own scope to like make sure that we I don't even know I because I don't know what I could do but I just feel like it needs to be said that yes I also recognize my privilege but like I want this for everybody and so like what do I need to do to be a channel for that or to, or to at least, you know, be someone who supports that everybody should have access to feel this way. Totally. For me, what that looks like for me is focusing on myself in such a way. And in, and in my business, right. I am now in this frame of mind where like, I am going to put so much effort into allowing myself to be the best that I can be. Um, And also that looks like getting myself to a place where I can then financially, right, then get to a point where I'm not in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm manifesting abundance into my life. And so what I can then do with that abundance is then I can create opportunities for folks who have less access to join me in that, right? I feel like so many people are in this place, um, especially when it comes to conversations about money, which is a whole other storyline. I feel like I I should have been making a a list of like, okay, here are all the things Samantha needs to come back and talk to me about because I love all of this. (laughs) The whole other storyline, but, um, you know, I think for a long time too, like, especially in being in a job, like a teacher where your whole salary for the rest of your life is literally mapped out for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thinking about money in terms of like making more, getting more, hadn't really been a thing for me because I did, it was all figured out for me. Right. Um, so now being in this entrepreneur space, 
there's all of this talk about like who should get what and where should funds be allocated and you know who's deserving of what um and where i'm landing right now and again like where i'm landing is always up for change and growth but where i'm landing right now is sort of like finding a way to authentically um with the least amount of harm bring the most financial abundance in for myself um in a way that is making it so that i'm not in this survival space anymore so that then more opportunity can be created for me to be a leader in holding that space and and offering scholarships and offering pay what you can and offering um all of these things um because and doing mutual aid and like being able to really just like become a part of this movement in creating more access yes you right? said that so perfectly because I'm in a similar space in my life and I feel like it's not always easy to explain it especially to people who aren't like in our world and I'm just gonna say like we're in the same world um because it's it's hard to explain it's hard to put into words but you just did it beautifully and I think that um that's it I mean that is that's totally it and um so how without putting you into any um you know I I love that you're just letting it land where it will and trusting that like whatever's next is just coming for you um but if you could kind of tell us a little bit about like what you're offering or what you're working on right now. Like, just because I I'm interested, like I want to sign up, whatever you have, I'm, I'm there. So, so it's funny. Currently my books are just like closed. Yeah. And it's so funny because I've been now sort of in this like entrepreneurial space for probably the last like year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like burning myself out all over again <laughs> but this time I have the tools and this you know all the things to be able to really notice it and be like okay like nope we're not going there again <laughs> like this is not it um so I hired a business coach because I needed support and I needed um a little bit more guidance on like how to do this in a way that can feel good for me sure um, and so I sort of just like pre pressed reset and like didn't, I don't have anything booked for over the summer right now. I did just announce I'm going to be teaching yoga um, Wednesday mornings mm -hmm. throughout the summer, outdoor yoga. I'm still trying to figure out the location, but I will, you're actually the first person that I'm telling this to. So this oh, is good. Yeah. You're getting, so I'll be your first stu student yeah, to sign up. Exclusive um, content. <laughs> But um, my business coach and I like mapped out what's next for me and I'm creating a membership service. Awesome. That will hopefully be ready by the end of the summer. And it's going to include, I'm still figuring that out, but it's going to include like an educational component, um, whether it be in like sexual health or, um, you know, whatever else is coming up, there's going to be, you know, sort of like a theme every month. Sure. Um, educational component, community component, movement component, sort of like a whole person um, experience, mm. spiritual, mental health, all the things. Mm. Um, oh, my cat is joining oh, us. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have all the details figured out yet, but it's within the last couple of weeks that we've really nailed down that like that's what's next for me. Because what the problem was is I'm a multi-passionate and I was just selling so many different things all of the time. And that just didn't feel authentic to me. So this is a way to sort of like put all of my worlds together awesome. into offering and the reason why I'm so excited about it is because it allows me this space to really build a community mm. right hopefully it will include like some quarterly get-togethers and there's some retreats in the work and the, there's exciting things coming so I'm really looking forward to the next phase of what it is that I do mm. um, 
because the the more time I spend coming back to my truth, the better my offerings become in terms of supporting others. Mm. And so for me, it's really easy for me at this point to be able to like, be like, you know what? I'm going to not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I just started this thing, but it doesn't feel good to me. So it's over. Mm. And the people who do follow my work and um, my clients really appreciate that about me mm-hmm. um, because they know that anything we are diving into together is going to be authentic, is going to be real and is going to be powerful because mm. I believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have to keep following what I believe in and what is feeling good to me. Um, I don't know if you know anything about human design, but I'm a generator with sacral authority. Essentially what that means, generators need to do what feels good to them. Mm-hmm. And sacral authority basically means like, I have to listen to the cues in my body to know what feels good for me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't doing that for many years, right? right, right. <laughs> I was literally actively working against my human design. So that's, <laughs> um, but so now I really just let that be my guide yeah. and come back to my body and I listen to what it's saying and I follow that. And yeah. that doesn't make sense to everyone all the time. Right. right. That includes a lot of boundaries. It includes a lot of saying no it includes a lot of changing my mind and that's just me and if you want to work with me you just know that and if you don't like that then I'm just not the person for you not your person right right I don't know a lot about human design I like took the quiz and I think I'm a generator too so but I am fascinated by it and I think that what you're saying too to me is like I feel you know, we're obviously both entrepreneurs and, um, well, not obviously, but I'll say we're both entrepreneurs. And I just feel like, but what you're saying to me, like feels like right and good for no matter what you are, like you could be, you know, no matter what your sort of title role, which that's a whole nother conversation about titles and roles and what that kind of does to the human spirit. But I just feel like that is like, to me, kind of the best case scenario for all people to just like really tune in and do what feels good and right. And um, I think that we could all learn whether we own a business or we don't, or we, you know, we could all learn so much from just really getting quiet and Mm -hmm. doing what feels the best to us as individuals. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do live in a society that teaches us from a very, very young age that our bodies are our enemies, Mm. that we are our enemies. Mm -hmm. And so what I find in working with clients is that they're coming to me to find their way back home to themselves because Mm. they have lost their way. Mm. And that, again, like I said, it's very intentional. Mm -hmm. Because the second we start to listen, we don't want to work 40 hours a week. We don't want to, you know, give our whole lives to whatever it is that we're being told we have to. Like, we are humans. We want to experience love and joy and peace and all of these things. We all want that. We desire that. And um, like I said, if there's this um, quote that really stuck out to me years ago that says like if one morning every woman on this earth woke up and decided that they loved themselves like every industry would crash mm-hmm. yeah it's so true yeah. it's so true and so um it is radical it is a radical thing to rest it's a radical thing to choose yourself it is a radical thing to say no and I am here for it I was just you you just blew my mind because literally as you were saying that my my like inner monologue was like I am here for that so I totally agree with you this has been amazing I am so grateful to you that you came and shared your story and I just feel like there's so much left unsaid so I would love it if we like pick a topic and you come back and talk to us because um I just think you're amazing. And um, if people want to find you and follow like whatever it is that happens to you happen to step into next, where, where can everybody find you? 
Yeah, so I'm mostly just on Instagram right now. I can't handle like all the different platforms. Yeah. <laughs> I need like one thing that I'm focusing on. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Samantha.not.sam. Yeah. Um, I love my handle because Me too. A, like such a great conversation starter. Um, also, I just prefer to be called Samantha and people always go with Sam. Um, yeah. And B, I love it because it's an introduction into the fact that I have boundaries yeah. and that like, that's the first thing you're going to learn about me. Right. Um, and that's okay. Like, I love that. Like, it's okay to say, you know, like, I'm going to totally out myself right now and say that I got a phone call yesterday and I was in the car with my husband and I saw the, the and it had nothing to do with whoever was calling me, but the phone call came in and I didn't feel like answering the phone. And I was like, not, and, and that's not like rare, like that happens to me all the time. But my husband was like, you're not going to answer that. And I was like, no. And you know what? Furthermore, like, that's fine. I don't feel like answering the phone right now. And I'm sure whoever it is will either send me a text or leave me a message and I'm not going to feel bad about it. And that's the end. Like, that's just what I feel like doing. So I feel like, you know, honoring and, and it felt like such a win, even though it was a small thing. Cause I'm like, every time we honor ourselves instead of what is serving somebody else, like that is to be celebrated. So I'm totally in agreement. Exactly. And that's where so much of my work starts with people. It's not always in the big things, right? We don't mm -hmm. all need to quit our jobs and start a new life. <laughs> that's what I did. Right. But for some of us, it is just not answering the phone. It's saying no to plans. It's, you know, choosing to take a nap. It's, you know, um, letting yourself Netflix and chill for the night and knowing that that's okay mm -hmm. and that you're not a bad person because of it. Mm -hmm. It's just all the little things when we give ourselves permission to just follow what it is that we want in that moment mm -hmm. and know Thank that you. there could be nothing wrong with that. It's so true. It's so true. And that's just beautiful. And I just thank you so much. Like this conversation was amazing and um, yeah, I can't wait to take your yoga class or whatever it is you're offering because I am there. So thank you so much. And thank I you hope you have so nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. You too. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. I know it's like, I am doing these conversations all the time now. And it's like, I, I am meeting all my favorite people. I'm like, this is so exciting. I get to like connect yeah. with these people and they get to be part of my world. And, and I just am so appreciative of that. So thank you so much. And um, I hope to have more conversations with you in the future. Definitely. What an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it and you want to hear others like it, I would love it if you check out the links in the podcast description. I'd be so grateful if you would subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who would also enjoy it. You can also find me over on Instagram at K-R-I-S-T-I-N-M-I-C or visit my website at www.thewarriorwithinus.com. Talk to you soon.